0: Rat cats in the snow. Did you follow any of the uh, Davos stuff? The World Economic Forum? No. No? mm Really? I'm in my own little bubble. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's when all the um, <clears throat> high-privileged elites... Flying on their private jets? Yeah, into Davos and complain about global warming. Oh, yeah. With their 2,700 private jets. Well, they
1: fly in on private jets, and then they get the biggest limo for just one person, and then all the
0: SUV <laughs> security that follow them around. I saw some complaints. It was like locals and they were complaining and that you could see this in the video of this, like it was just B roll, I guess, but it was nothing but, you know, it's it's a small, it's a small town, small like ski town. Yeah. But nothing but big black stretch limos everywhere. I mean, just the streets completely clogged with them. (laughs) (laughs) Why aren't they taking their, their hybrids or their better yet, their Tesla's around. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio gave a big, you know, global warming speech. And of course he arrived in his private jet. Oh, did he? Yeah. But yeah, it was kind of a, from what I was reading, a a downer compared to previous world economic forum meetings. Um, mainly because of just the, well, I guess the economic situation, um, you know, oil prices and China collapsing and their currency (laughs) manipulations. And, um, isis and well that guy you know the stuff benioff would uh refer to as the arab spring or remember when he got on the the corporate spring that's what his thing was I think yeah he well he, try, he was trying to riff off of arab spring when that was a thing like back before egypt and libya and everything went completely south but people were thinking that they were gonna you know be f- you know freed uh-huh. and and you know, westernized and democracy and and at he, the time, it was a term of hope. <coughs> it was, yes. and that's and then Benioff coined a corporate spring. Not not very uh, well advised, but anyway, how is that corporate spring working out? I don't know. I'm mad.
1: I'm I mean, mad at the world. I think you said that earlier. <laughs> Everything's pissing me off. You sent me that link on Apple the other day, and I I heard more about it on the news as well. It just kind of pisses me off. A company that that posted has billions of cash not virtual cash actual cash on hand in the bank Well, how many billions are you talking about do you know do you have any idea i don't know it's it's in the 10 billions at the very least it might be even 20 i don't know but they may what, what was the number that you told me there was like 3 billion for the last quarter
0: i well okay so back as far as i'll answer that question it's okay. it's somewhere in the on the order of 200 billion dollars in cash oh my god
1: and see, this is what pisses me off: is the stock market is is downgrading their stock and and all this kind of stuff because they might not be as profitable in the future. Yet they're still a very stable company. They have a they have a they have fairly good market share, especially when it comes with the iPhones and all these other devices. And yet they're treated. It's 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 like they're getting slighted because. They have, I don't I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, explain to me how Apple's valued at like, I don't know, 12 times their earnings, which are, of course, you know, every quarter it's like 15 to $20 billion in earnings, right? But Apple is valued at about, tw- about, I don't know, I'm throwing a number. I think it's around 12 times their I mean, earnings. You said
1: Apple and Apple.
0: Apple, yeah. Apple's valued at around 12 times okay. their earnings. And Salesforce is valued at about 75 times its projected earnings for three years from now. See, that
1: that's, that's what confuses me about the, mar- the market in general, because it seems like they love these... I'm going to call them unicorns. They love the unicorns. They love the story of this this kind of startup mentality, these future profits. Salesforce
0: is not a unicorn because <clears throat> Mark Benioff has declared that the that we're going to have a lot of dead unicorns, and I'm pretty sure he wasn't talking about Salesforce. That's when you know he was getting quoted at Davos for talking about his his unicorn thing, and he's been talking about for that for a month now. These unicorns aren't going to do very well. That's good for him. He'll just buy them up. Well, he I, you know, actually he made some hints about that on he i guess every year well he, this is like his second or third time at davos I don't know, it's it's a thing for him to go now because he's a high privileged elite he's a fat cat in the snow if you if you got a private jet you get an invite <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if you get an and in, all you
1: have to do is is buy your offset credits credits for yes. the
0: for the trip over and everything else that you spent right yeah. plant, plant some trees and it makes it all okay yeah um now he he was talking about how a lot of these companies are, are going to be, it's going to be harder to get funding. That's the, th- that's a the theme right now. Is it this year, 2016, it's going to be harder to get private funding than it used to be. And how a lot of these probably should have gone public when they had the chance to get the public funding. But
1: I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think if, if they haven't demonstrated some kind of significant business model, then maybe they do need to shift or get bought out or something. I mean, I think, I think too many of these startups stay in startup mode for far too long without, showing any kind of progress. Are you? How would
0: you characterize
1: Salesforce when it comes to that? Well, I mean, when we talk about these startups, what? hold on. When we talk about these startups, they're privately funded, they're venture funded. So it's not like it's, it's a, a publicly traded company that gets impacted in, in that certain way. A lot of them end up going public though. I mean, look at the IPOs we've had recently. And, but then if they transition to public because of some kind of highly speculative value, no real tangible value right. proven in their business model, that's a problem to me and and
0: in that light how would you characterize Salesforce who is now public
1: I think Salesforce has demonstrated some value now they might be overvalued but I I don't think they're
0: I don't first of all I don't consider them a startup even though they want to look and act like a startup Well, how, what do you what do you call value isn't that is it not is it not a business that that well, earns it's a prod, that earns it's a product money? that earns money no it does not it costs more to do it
1: than it generates right still well, I, I guess this is where we get into the discussion of how much they're spending on marketing, how much they're spending on sales. You know, if they scaled some of that back, would it be profitable? If they, if they, if they focused what, purely on profits, right. would they be profitable? And I think yes. But, but I think they're, they. But
0: what? What? How much would that cost them in revenue? Because it it costs that army of salespeople to keep closing deals, right? Yes. I
1: mean,
0: they. You know. It, it costs them over a year's worth of subscription revenues just to sell a customer. So what do you? Okay, you could cut that, but you're also going to be cutting your sales numbers. Sure. You might be profitable. I mean, that's and that's the theory. It's like if if Salesforce wanted to switch into you know profit mode, could they do that at this point?
1: Well, I think their growth, their speed of growth, and the the size that they've kind of amassed so quickly. It's got some stretch marks in it. I think. I think that's what we're seeing. Oh, that's I old. think if it was a little more organic, a little more slow paced growth, they might have, they might they might be able to handle and absorb the cost of selling and and gaining market share a little bit better. But since it was so fast, it was so, it was kind of gluttonary to the point where now they got they got rid of all the easy stuff, and now they have to work really hard for that harder stuff. But on top of it, they've built this mass that has to be sustained. And so I think it's going to have impacts on on the on the bottom
0: line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a cost to that growth, right? You're you're buying your you're you're buying growth with what would have been your profits. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. So the did we talk about the steel brick? We did, right? Acquisition. Yeah, we did. <clears throat> there's just been some interesting. I don't want to say fallout, but. Um, You're talking about that article? It it, it created some uncomfortable feelings amongst the ISV community, which I predicted. But, you know, there's – people are thinking that this is an indication that Salesforce is moving from just like a horizontal functional platform to a more vertically focused platform. So all these – They have to. That's an interesting theory. Some people say that. Some people don't. I mean – I don't think it's
1: a theory. They have to. They have to provide value for industry-specific – for specific industries. It's how they're going to get some more growth. I mean, they can't just go out and say, "Hey, this platform you can build anything." Now, now their customers are coming to them saying,
0: "Well, that's what AWS does, or Heroku, or many other things." I mean, to say they have to, I don't, I don't. I don't but sorry. Heroku,
1: that, that's not a fair comparison. I mean, Heroku is a, an open source, deve- not well open source, but it's an open development platform, a cloud platform that you can build using your technology of choice, and you're choosing what's going into it. Right. Well, Salesforce, it's a little bit different because they have an opinion. On the platform, they have a, an well, opinion on your application, how it's built it's and designed. A CRM, which is a horizontal well, solution. I'm not talking about right? this here. I'm talking about Salesforce as a platform in general. So if you're going to come in and say, I want to build my health, it, it, health operation or dude, my...
0: Salesforce as a, as a pass hardly hits the right R at all. The only people who use Salesforce are pass, for a pass are people that are using it for their CRM system and customizing it and build, building some additional things on it.
1: Yeah, but you, it's, it's not fair to say that there isn't some interest or intrigue whenever you go in to say, hey, we, we need to manage our customer relationships a little bit better for to not kind of look at it and go, well, they've got this healthcare platform or they've got this education platform or they've got this financial services platform. Why not consolidate? Why not have all that data in one place where you know Joe Blow CEO can go in and click a button and see everything he needs to see?
0: do you want reasons or is that a, is that a rhetorical question uh, it's
1: it's it's not really a rhetorical question it's a story of how that that thought process happens just whenever you go to buy something and you realize hey this can do a lot more than I thought it's not just a CRM it can do you can build onto it you can customize it you can do a lot of different things I can see how this can solve a lot of problems that we have internally yeah. now r- the reality side of it of you know whether or not your process and functionality and all that kind of actually fits into it is different from that decision making process the the kind of um analysis
0: or what would you call it? Just architecture review of that system. Yeah. I mean, given that I feel like Salesforce has struggled to deliver on their promises of their base platform, whether it's wave or I think IOT is going to be the same situation. Certainly wave though. It's been an utter disaster at this up to this point. Um, the performance issues that I've been seeing um, they're But I wonder how much of that is. Is actually seen by
1: the customer. I mean, we talk about all the time that when it comes to developers, we're kind of the redheaded stepchildren. If we're having an issue, no, we can't compile. John, we can't developers
0: push. the kingmakers. <laughs> look at the look at the developer zone at Salesforce or Dreamforce. It is. There's we're a not, lot of there's a lot of lip
1: service there, but let, let's talk about what your situation this week, where you had actual problems saving, committing code. Oh. You had demonstrated proof of the weight how it would wait. It would actually process a little bit of transaction. Yeah, I, I'll get into that. And then it would go forward. And yeah. and your ability to actually get support for that. Right. Yeah. Um, it just, it, I'm just saying, it proves my point that that for on the surface and as a marketing company, which is what Salesforce really is, um, they can package and deliver this great message that inspires you and makes you feel all great and warm and fuzzy on the inside. But when it comes down to the reality of building things, there's some real technical issues you have to deal with.
0: Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, as with anything, I'm just saying that Salesforce is struggling just to keep promises they've they they made from two years ago two Dreamforces ago and just the the base platform stuff look at look at the look at how they've had to pull now they, i don't know if this has been necessarily verified, but there's been a lot of uh claims that salesforce has pulled a ton of resources to yep. work on what's the lightning lightning right yeah. And
1: I've heard the same rumors that, that basically Salesforce, if you went to Salesforce today and said, hey, why isn't this, this, and this? They'll say, hey, we we had to make a decision. Off we the had record. limited resources. Off the record, they'll tell you Off that. the record, we right. had limited resources and we had to pull them to work on Lightning. Yeah. Now, I think it was a worthwhile gamble because Lightning, I think they needed to do Lightning. We've said it before. They had to do it. There's no good time to do it. They had to do it. But at the same time, it, it did come at the cost of, of some of these other things.
0: Yeah, it's huge. and it, And look how long it's going to take to really... Do it right, and how much? I mean, it's just it's a gigantic effort. That's what I'm saying. When you look at all their just their base commitments, right? It you really it makes you skeptical about their ability to deliver in a meaningful, actual, competitive way on vertical solutions, and whether that, from a business perspective, if they're actually if they are transitioning to being profitable, which Mark has said that they are, they are. That's going to become more and more of a focus. And so Wall Street's he's already laid that. That expectation, and now Wall Street is going to be expecting that. Mm-hmm. So they've got to keep focusing on that. So how do you do that, and and do verticals in a competitive, meaningful way? Right. That's to me, it's it looks like they're trying to stuff, you know, ten pounds into a five pound can. But um, and their track record doesn't give me any confidence that they're going to be able to do that. Transition to to profitability, or at, profitability while at the same time you know, adding a dozen new things every year.
1: Well, I I would agree with that, except except they did put Lightning into effect. And I think Lightning, it's not just a reskinning of Salesforce. They're actually trying to do some foundational work there. And so I think that foundational work is... That's not even close to being done, though. That's my point. I I, I know it's not done, but what I'm saying is that, you know, taking the system from when they originally incepted it to be this certain thing and now transitioning it to be something that they know they need it to be it needs to be far more modular so that they can do more things with it so that it's not just stuck in this in this sim- very simplistic record view edit mode yeah. you know it has to be far more rich it has to be far more flexible that's what our that's what people are expecting we have all these phones and applications that, that are very rich and provide lots of information in different contexts and salesforce historically classic could not do that it was very linear but you know what that
0: linearness provided was, m- how would I describe this? More, not more pluggable, more well-defined and understood points for customization. I mean, all, in fact, what we were just talking about earlier um, would not no longer work in Lightning, right? I'm, I'm still doing things to this day that I know aren't going to work in Lightning. Um, but right? there were
1: there are some things that worked that really didn't work by design. They worked just because of the nature of the way that technology worked. Yeah. Like URL hacks. That's not a... Salesforce didn't implement URL hacks and say, well, oh, here you go.
0: They're not hacks. They're just... It's they're just the way the browsers completely, work. You're, no, it's completely valid URLs and the application built in a way to, to use URL, right. URL parameters. It's just that Salesforce wasn't going to step up and say, you know what? This is the only way to do this. This is the way we're doing it. This is the way our Professional services group is going to do it. So we're going to support this. We're actually going to document that and support it. That's that's what they wouldn't step, step up and do. Because they never they never intended it to be used that way and they never wanted it to be used that way. Oh, sure. They that's why they're parameters. That's why they're parameters. That's why the application does thing when you does things when you pass a certain parameters. It's all it's all by an intended design. They just don't want to commit to keeping that contract. That's a contract, basically, right? right? And I don't blame them. I'm not saying they even should, right? Because that just ties you down more. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at it today,
1: those URL hack, those URL hacks work because you're passing field IDs. It's not account ID that you're passing the parameter. It's zero zero x blah blah blah. No. Oh, it depends on what you're doing. But so, I mean, it was never the, implemented or designed is, for do that. So they sure had, it is. That
0: it <clears throat> absolutely is. You think? Do you think there's just some magic that that actually ends up populating a field on the screen? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Okay.
1: It was implemented to support the the field mechanism that they wanted, but it wasn't. It's not. Supported in a way for an end user to consume. It's not an API. It's not, if it was going to be a true API where URL, URL hacks were supported, then all you would have to do in passing the ID is account name or account ID or contact ID or contact ID right. as the actual parameter name because that would match your API name. Basically, it would match. But that's not that's not what was implemented because that that's not what was intended. Well, many for. of the fields
0: you you do pass them. it depends on whether it's a custom field or not. <laughs> that's that's just an implementation detail that doesn't. Not make even it, that. Look, look at lookups. You have <clears> to
1: pass <throat> the LKID and and the actual name value.
0: Yeah. That's right. that to me is not a supported API. No, convention. it's not supported, but it's by absolutely by design. It's not an accident that that works because that's the way that Salesforce works. That's the way that internally Salesforce from one screen to another. That's how it communicates. That's how. That's its own internal API. They just don't, they're not going to make any promises that that's going to work two years from now. It, I mean, this goes back to some
1: of the earlier days of Salesforce. It was things we did that we figured out no, could that's, work.
0: No, my point is, that's what Salesforce
1: does. When you, when you it click... Was, a- it was normal people like you and I in professional services and even us in the
0: community that figured out, hey, I could pass this ID and it'll populate. Right. I'm going to use that as a solution. Right, but, the, the, but the way I found out about those things was looking at Salesforce's existing, like the the pop-up. And when, like when it opened a new window for a lookup, the what, it, what is JavaScript does, right? It, that's how you find out. Exactly. That's how everyone, you're just doing a, that's you, what everyone found you're just, out. Yeah, they, you're, they reverse engineered right. it. Exactly.
1: It's just like, well, it, I mean, hell, we just, beyond reverse engineering, we just hack away and try to figure things out to get what we
0: need done. I mean, look at the way we injected by the, by scripts the, into, into section headers. By the way, really terrible way to build systems but that's why that's why everyone who builds on salesforce builds builds their systems.
1: Uh, it's a combination
0: of all these hacks. I mean, there were
1: hacks to fill a need at the time. As the system grew, we 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 got I'm just capabilities. saying there are
0: there are literally probably hundreds of thousands if not millions of man hours that are built around these what you're calling hacks. There hacks and that tons came with of people's their, systems built around this now. They were hacks even back then which, that we said, "Hey, this might not work which, in the future." Which is why lightning is such a gigantic problem for, you know, 90% of of orgs that have, you know, been around for a while.
1: Well, I mean, that subject of URL hacks is well known to them and something they are trying to solve. Yeah.
0: Which is because why, which is why lightning not to. going to be, lightning's not going to be required for years. But
1: here's the thing. I mean, lightning as the lightning experience is very different from Salesforce classic, we'll call it. Or Salesforce Aloha, whatever you want, whatever term you want to use. Is that, last is that
0: what it's called? Actually, Aloha. That's the,
1: that was the last theme was Aloha. Oh, okay. But it, often it's get, it gets referred to Salesforce Classic, Classic. versus yeah. Salesforce Lightning. But Lightning is is becoming a true web application, whereas Salesforce Classic was a web application. Did I say that right? No, you no. said the web application. So Salesforce approach? was Salesforce Classic was more of a traditional web application, whereas Salesforce Lightning is more of a rich application, yeah. single page application in right. most cases. Mm-hmm. And with that comes a very different architecture. There's a lot more AJAX content, there's a lot more client-side scripting. Data is not flowing the way you would expect. With right. the traditional, it's it's post-request response.
0: Or, yeah, post-response. Uh, yeah, and, and each HTTP each, each re- each call is, you're loading a new entire page into the browser, right? Yeah. That's,
1: right. or Or, you know, some hybrid <clears throat> model where you're Replacing certain sections of
0: it with with yeah. with new content. Well, you know the fact that the fact that so many companies did spend have spent millions in in aggregate billions of dollars building custom systems on Salesforce this way that, that goes right which I think is kind of crazy. It goes right in line with my curiosity that no one cares about vendor in anymore. That used to be the biggest deal, Yeah, when building systems. You know, vendor lock in. That's what every No, that every other article is written about that. And there's just everything is is how to maintain, you know, um portability and vendor neutrality. And that just went completely out the window. And not only do we care not care about vendor uh, vendor lock-in anymore, but all these systems have been built around uh, basically uh, private APIs. That's what these what you call you know, what everyone calls URL hacks. So there's other types of hacks is not just URL things, but they're just essentially non-published things that are guaranteed to be around, but everyone's built on them. Yeah, and now we're like, well, yeah, those chickens are going to come home to roost, man. But I
1: mean, a lot of those things were—I don't know—a lot, a lot of those things are long in the tooth, and they kind of need to be updated. Well, you could say that about you know. However, the difference between way back when is you just wouldn't upgrade. To today is eventually you're going to have to go onto lightning, and you're going to have to upgrade that stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah, and a lot to of things in the way. The same- There's
1: no. I can survive with, with Word nineteen ninety eight because it does exactly what
0: I need it to do. I don't need to upgrade to two thousand sixteen. Right, Th- those days are gone. Well, in SAS, you don't get that choice. You know, I guess you know you get the benefit of these you know three or four times a year updates, but they're also, I mean, a ball and chain. It's a huge burden, right? Um, especially if you if you've got significant things built on Salesforce and if you've got a significant ongoing developer operations. I mean, where you are having to, I mean, there is like right right now you can't refresh the sandbox and get a winter six, a spring sixteen sandbox. Yeah, There's a whole month period where you can't do that. That's insane. But you can't. If you refresh anything right now, you're going to get a non-pre-release sandbox instance right. back on winter 16. So there's all kinds of things like that that are crazy about Salesforce. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I, you know, these like Zora and, I don't know, um, Service Max, is that, that's the, uh, that's a Salesforce, big it's Salesforce service application, yeah, yeah. Velocity. I mean, there's, you know, I think a lot of it's been off the record, but these guys are not feeling so great about that steel brick acquisition, especially, uh, what was the, what's the, uh, Aptis, because Aptis, I think they thought that they were, like, hey, what are you doing? We, we thought we were first in line to get bought as a CPQ solution.
1: Do, do you think that's <laughs> what the business model is for a lot of these guys? Is like, we know Salesforce is probably going to try to compete with us.
0: Let's just hope they pick us to buy. Listen, if you invested money in a startup company, the top of mind is, what is our exit? Who do we sell to, right? Mm-hmm. Are we selling to, are we going public or are we going to sell to another company, Salesforce or someone? Like well, that, if
1: you're built entirely native on the Salesforce platform, your only option is selling to Salesforce.
0: Or another ISV, maybe. I mean, you don't... Uh, what other ISV that, is going to go like, and say, hey, like, we want to get into that's CPQ. Like, I'm going to buy that like, CPQ, like CPQ native it, on that's Salesforce. That's like saying if your app is built on Java that you only can be bought by Oracle. I mean, this this is sure. a,
1: that, That's entirely different because you can put Java anywhere. Dude. You can't put Salesforce anywhere it, but Salesforce. If I had
0: enough money, I could go buy Financial Force tomorrow. I'm not Salesforce. I can buy, why can't I buy financial force as a company? If I think it's a good investment. That's, I, that's odd to me. Cause I would have thought by now, Salesforce would have bought financial force. Well, do you think it's not coming? I'm sure it's coming. I
1: just thought what would by now. It would have happened.
0: Well, you, here's the, maybe they're sitting
1: there saying the same, the same thing. Exactly <laughs> as apt as,
0: you know, Salesforce is going to buying some other or creating their own, you know, ERP. is that ERP now? Whatever they are, you know, and financial force is like, Damn. What have we been, you know? <laughs> this is That's us, man. <laughs> we've been platinum sponsors yeah, for years now. We've earned now. that, <laughs> <on>. exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the app, in fact, I had wrote down a quote from the Aptus guy. He says, I think, Apt. oh no, this is, I guess this, this is a quote from someone, I don't know who. I think Aptus felt they had a special status in the Salesforce ecosystem and that the steel brick acquisition signals that it maybe wasn't as special as it once thought it was. What does that do for next year's Dreamforce whenever 'Cause Aptus
1: spent a ton of money. In fact, God. you and I came back sick of Aptus. We were like, Oh, I'm so tired of seeing Aptus. I tried to go to a damn lounge to have a nice drink at the end of the day and Aptus had taken it over. Everything I'm was, pissed.
0: Yeah, maybe Salesforce was planning on buying Aptus for their CPQ solution. But I didn't
1: I didn't hear about Steel
0: Brick throughout Dreamforce. No, I never saw Steel Brick. No, but maybe Aptus pissed off so many people at Dreamforce that Salesforce was like, We can't buy them, everyone hates them now. <laughs> That. No, they. you know what they said? They said, you know, we were listening to that uh, Good Day Sir podcast and we can't buy them because Jeremy doesn't like them. Maybe Salesforce <laughs> had their
1: cake and eat it too and said to Aptus, well, maybe if you do a good showing at Dreamforce, we might consider it. Exactly. Knowing full
0: well that they weren't going to. They already yeah. they were already going to buy steel brick. So speaking of, we were talking about Salesforce's valuation. Um, and of course, the you know, the whole stock market's down like 10%, but Salesforce is down like 16%. They're down. Well, they were used to be like, what eighty two. Now they're down to sixty nine. think, today. That, that's an over overall market downtrend. <clears throat> Did you not hear what I just said? What the market's down ten percent. Yes. Salesforce is down sixteen percent. Yes. Okay. So I'm, I, I acknowledge that the market is down, but Salesforce has really swung swung more drastically.
1: When your when your bubble's full of air, I know <laughs> more of it can <laughs> it escape po- than it po-
0: others. <laughs> it pops
1: more loudly. Like when others shrink, they have like some 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 tangibleness there right. that stops it from shrinking too much. But whenever you're a Gigantic bubble full of hot air, you you're gonna shrink a little bit more than others, I think. Well and before the before the That encourages me on the market. That makes me yeah. think like there's some justice there. There
0: there is. And people When
1: Apple gets downgraded so much and and you know, it's just listen, there's a lot of people that, that think there's a reckoning coming for Salesforce's stock price. A big reckoning. And I don't mean to pick on Salesforce in terms of the stock price. I think the stock market in general for some reason has been catering to these these bubbles. They are oh, no yeah. one wants to say there that's a bubble. For some reason, they don't right. want to say it. But it is absolutely a damn bubble out there with all these tech startups.
0: Yep. And we've seen this before. I mean, the, the companies can get ridi- completely ridiculous valuations that you can find no justification for. But if you're trading on technicalities and you're, you know, you're doing some formula and it, it, the formula's telling you that it's going to keep going up, then you, you just keep buying or you maintain your yeah. position, right? It doesn't matter that the company makes no money and that, no. they, you know, they're not doing it, anything. It's what everyone says, quote, quote, air quotes right. here, what
1: they're but worth. It's, I mean, but I like it, a Dropbox, they're, they're, I think they just got like a, couple million, maybe even a billion um, investment bump, but they're like worth like 10 billion on paper. Right. And I'm just like, I love Dropbox. I use them, but damn.
0: Well, the, the yeah, that valuation is, just, is based on the, that recent investment round they got, right? Exactly. It's like, how many shares do you have? And then how much did we get buy for those? Okay, well then you're worth, that's that's seriously just funny money. I mean, that's not funny money, but it's a, it's a bogus valuation. I mean, I'm sure the people that didn't put that money, that billion dollars in there, I'm sure they would like to think that's a real valuation. <laughs> Because they're the ones who created that valuation. It's based yeah. on what they invested and how many shares they got. So right. they obviously think it's worth that much, or and will that's, be. That's the game that's being played with the I market. Know. But
1: there's, I mean... When when 90% of the market is owned by these these venture firms, I mean, it, it,
0: games are going to be played. These these crazy valuations, they'll last mm-hmm. for years, but at some point... The market will self-correct, it does. and it'll crash yeah. hard. But you know what will suffer? All of us
1: in our 401ks will suffer
0: yeah unless you have a i mean i'm a long term investor so i i don't go in and out of the market really that's
1: true but i mean <clears throat> if we, if we want to be if we want to be social about it if we want to be social justice about it we have to consider what about the guy who's about to retire this year who's stock tanked because because the market decided to play some funny money around do do play with monopoly money we'll say
2: Let's get social
1: social <laughs> I, I had a weird dream that that song was going to come up today. I don't really? know why. Wow. I was having trouble sleeping, and for some reason, I was having these weird, random dreams in between waking up and
0: sleeping. And for some reason, that song was in my dream. You know, we're uh, we're, we're I think remiss on a certain point. Do hmm. you know what that is? No. Thanking our new reviewers. Oh, remember I showed you that we you did. So the thing is, like, I don't often go into iTunes and check to see. What reviews that we've gotten but they do they do I th- do think they help right because they help people find us that you get you know iTunes sorts you higher and people can find out about you more yeah um, for this and maybe one day if we get enough reviews they'll maybe put us on the featured page yeah. which would be awesome right and, and we'll oh my can you imagine how much money we'll be making then off this podcast <laughs> <laughs> wait what do we charge people per, per download what is it uh, uh, negative 10 oh, yeah. I think we pay people <laughs> yeah, to I listen so. actually <laughs> um but no, we have some new reviewers, and uh, it's awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's always appreciated. Well, you know what the biggest thing is—the just what people have to say about us. The, the
1: that is. I mean, it's it's not so much. It's. I mean, the review is great. I mean, well, okay. The 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 fact that they took the time to write a review is really great. But the type of reviews that we're getting makes makes what we do. It's very encouraging. Encouraging. It's it, gratifying. It's gratifying. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. It's gratifying because. The things they're saying that they like about it are the things that we were striving for, the things that we're, we we're, we want to be an honest, we want to be entertaining, we want to be, you know, we don't want to be drinking the Kool-Aid type things. We just want to have a conversation, you and I, and and put it out there and see if people like it. Yeah, we have better things to drink besides Kool-Aid anyway. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> <Yeah. laughs> we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, well, You know, okay, I've got have Since you're so slow on the soundboard, I have to come up with my own, I like, know analog sound clips I don't even have that on the sandboard but uh, I I need to I need to do I need to give you a quiz John and I think I want to get it over with because if not I'm afraid we won't get to it are you ready? no too bad (laughs) here we go all right so here's the scenario you're using Apex and or you're used to Apex and Visual Force saving times being around like a ten the 10 second mark, right? Mm-hmm. Which may be ridiculously slow compared to every other language and platform in the world, but it's certainly better than the one to three minutes that you've been experiencing over the past three weeks. So you've been racking up big bills to your clients, but not much is getting done. Because you're just not as productive with these slow save times. The value of the services you're providing and the platform they've bought into are diminishing by the hour. What do you do? Call Premier Support. Uh, or am I supposed to do multiple
1: choice? <laughs> is there multiple choice?
0: No, wrong. There, there is no correct answer to that question, so that was a trick question because you don't have Premier Support. Okay, so question. You've investigated and realized that your save jobs, so saving Apex, saving Force, whatever, are sitting in the pending state for like 95% of that two to three minutes is taking so you decide to log a case because it'd be nice to let Salesforce know that they're having a performance problem well first check the trust oh okay because <laughs> you can't trust trust right it's it's never it's never honest but it'd, it'd be nice to know it'd be nice to let Salesforce know that they're having a problem right because <laughs> uh, they don't care they just close the case summarily because you don't have premier support. Even though this particular org might be paying Salesforce hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, they have a lot of licenses. It's not enough. That's not enough to get the developer support. And apparently, getting feedback to Salesforce about a major persistent performance problem is considered developer support. So, case mm-hmm. closed. Next question. I kind of feel like this, Next this question. quiz is a bit rhetorical. You, you pay <laughs> Salesforce a ton of money. And you have a contract (coughs) with Salesforce, right? Okay. Did you read the fine print? Is there actually any kind of SLA that guarantees you any kind of performance for the money you're paying Salesforce that you've built your business on? Is there an SLA? No. You're right. There is no SLA, which is crazy world. It's like uh, not caring about vendor lock-in. So, final question. What do you do at this point? What is your recourse? Uh, And with that
1: i would find a way to make it work that's as bs a close as
0: i can make <laughs> it works just very 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 slowly yeah that's so this is the situation i've been in three weeks now just job sits in pending 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 you know every time it pulls for a response right pending 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 Saving a, let's say, I mean, it's just a brand new, empty VisualForce page. And this is a client that pays Salesforce a ton of money. Yeah. And just case closed. No, and we're not going to
1: talk to you. Some might say that, oh, it's just a big org. No, I've been on this brand is, virgin orgs. This is, no, this is a new completely org. Completely virgin, not yep. even a site installed. So there's not even that crappy site stuff that gets installed. It's empty, yeah. completely virgin. And so I'm the one creating a page. I'm the one, only one creating a class. I'm the first one to do it. I should have that that newness feel to it, that smell, just that that satisfaction of peeling off the plastic. No.
0: Nope. It's not the size of your org. And in fact, there are certain... Are you you trying to say the
1: size doesn't matter?
0: In this case. (laughs) Um, No, it's... it's, And certain pods are worse than others, as far as I can tell, Um, because I've got some sandboxes that seem to not have this problem. But when your job sits in pending for, you know, three minutes... That's not because your org is slow. That's because it hasn't started, even started your job yet. Other people's jobs are in front of yours. And by say by other people, I don't mean other people in your org. You are again. You are on the you're on the cable modem of of systems out there, right? You're sharing the same server that a thousand other companies are sharing, right? Like that cable modem. Yeah. Did you get the? <laughs> exactly. No. Beep, 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 that's beep. that's analog modems. Oh, okay. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> cable I got my tech Listen, mixed up. Sure did. <laughs> Oh, it's just so frustrating. It's just like you know. It does not does it all age, the Salesforce, does age me
1: to to know that I know what that sounds like. Uh, well, I most guess most of us most of us are know But I mean, if that you're older like, right? than like
0: twenty five, you know what that sounds like, right? My daughter doesn't know what that sounds like. Well, because your daughter's younger than twenty five. I know. I'm just
1: saying. It's sad.
0: To her, <clears throat> bandwidth is is a is an entitlement. I think. Um, speaking of what you were calling URL hacks, I was just asking you earlier. Like, I need to link to. The chatter page, um, but I need to link right to topics. So when you go to the chatter tab, right, and right. you you click on topics, like I needed to link to that. But it turns out that when you click topics, there's just some JavaScript thing happening. It's it's almost like a little mini single page app, right? There's right, and um, so kind like, of that hybrid <coughs> mode Salesforce found themselves in. And really, what Salesforce should be doing is adding like hash. Some kind of hash on the URL to indicate like state, right? Which is nice for many reasons. But one is is actually being able to link. I mean, this is a web application, well, not
1: just putting the hash in the, in the URL, but actually using it. I've exactly. Seen, I've seen applications that put the hash there, but it doesn't really do anything. Yeah, if
0: you deep link to it, nothing happens.
1: Oh, actually, their own documentation does that. Right. I can tell me times I click yeah. on the
0: method thinking it'll hash and take me down to that method. Nope. But I searched around and someone asked this on the Stack Exchange, and sure enough, if you there's um. There's a URL parameter called I can't remember what it's called something tabs. but if and it's just a it's just a normal parameter. It's not like a hash or anything. it's just question mark, whatever something view equals topics, right and it goes right to it. But and I, it, And again, I had something I have to use, but it's not it's not documented. it's not supported right but this is just what you do. To you are, you. I mean, again, every anytime you're building something on Salesforce, you are th- skating on thin ice. I just wish I don't know. Wish there was a better way. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just daily things you do that make you feel dirty. It's like wow, I, this is going to be a problem. Like before the Salesforce days, I you never would have done stuff like that. You know, it would have been you get fired for stuff like that. That's just bad. That's just bad programming. It's bad design. It's bad architecture. It's going to come back to haunt you. Um, man, there's uh, I noticed some some negative Salesforce press recently. I think we talked about that earlier a little bit, but and some of these articles, that, I mean, there's like Motley Fool, right? Fool.com. They had an article. It was like, will will 2016 be Salesforce.com's worst year yet? And it's just bullcrap. The, the article was nothing of substance, and that particular one wasn't. <clears throat> but would Why would it, I, why find why would it, it say I, the worst year? I don't know. Well, here let's. Here there are their reasons. They had to give like three reasons. So one of them is what happens if CEO and co-founder Mark Benioff leaves or takes a diminished role in the business. Uh, we, I,
1: we, I know we exactly. Did, we did all that whenever
0: which, they were their buyout rumors were, were there. We talked about and we speculated about all of
1: that. Which it's, don't get me wrong, is a huge problem. Like if he were to get ill or just someone's board needed needed an article
0: to write because his editor was on him and he rehashed some stuff that we talked about years or a but year ago. But that is, a, but that is, you know how when a company does its. It's uh, SEC forms. It's always got to list risks, like what, what could impact their business, whether it's uh, currency um, conversions or whatever, anything that could be a, a, a material risk to their business. They have to, you have to document those. And I mean, I think for Salesforce, that's like the biggest one because with, Salesforce is nothing without him. And that's a scary position to be in. I mean, you know, I talk about you know the the bus factor, like any, any in any company or project. What's the bus factor? How many people have to get hit by a bus before you're in real trouble? And with right. Salesforce, a company of eighteen or twenty thousand employees, their bus factor is one. Yep, it's one. Uh, Absolutely. Thing, I mean, second thing is um, the long-term contract pipeline dries up. Well, why would it dry up? Salesforce likes to tout their unbilled deferred revenue as an indicator of of the sustainability sustainability of its business. Okay, sure. Well, I mean, that's a subscription model. I mean, what, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just like saying, what if uh, people stop buying Ford cars? What's Ford? What? what okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, if management fails to meet or top estimates in two consecutive quarters, if what? If if management fails to meet or top estimates in two consecutive quarters, earnings estimates. I know. That's what I'm saying. This, yeah. My point is not the substance of any of these. It's just that all of a sudden I'm seeing all these negative Salesforce articles. Um, There's another one. Salesforce.com cannot defy gravity anymore. And they, this actually was, you know, they're talking about how Salesforce's latest, so they've been talking, they like to talk about their free cash flow because they're not profitable. But they do, they have been cash flow positive. But their free cash flow is at like a l- lowest point it's been in four years. And for someone like Salesforce, it's hard to know what it's going to be at any, you know, in the next quarter. It's hard to predict. That's because they just bought a made a huge acquisition. <clears throat> also, that um, they they state uh, they state a lot of their things in non-GAAP measures. Right, we talk about that non-GAAP. This gives uh, management an unwatched, uncontrolled liberty to distort figures because it's these are like unregulated. They're talking about un- essentially unregulated things, and they can move things in and out of that those buckets as they see fit, which is the next point, which is they keep, they keep uh, you in the dark about their deferred revenue and unbilled revenue. There's no, there's no time horizon on their unbilled revenue. So you don't know, is that, well, is that, is that for, a, you have contracts that are like 10 year contracts and you're including those in your own, you know, in your, in your unbilled deferred revenue. They, they call it also non-current, right? So it's something that's not going to become current in the next year to more than yeah. a year out. know, anyway, There's a bunch of stuff here and there are actually, there's some sub- substantial things here. Another One thing that I just found interesting, um, they documented... Well, another interesting thing is half of their free cash flow is derived from employee stock options. So they're... That stock-based financing they do, that represents half of their free cash flow. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, sales... Guess how much... Well, I'll just tell you. Uh, Benioff has extracted over half a billion dollars in his 650-plus trades he's done. You know how every... these. Algorithmically generated articles about how much Salesforce stocks yeah. Benioff's always selling because he's you know he's on a plan. It's a pre-programmed plan. It's like right. twelve thousand shares at a time or something. But that's over so over five hundred million dollars in those over the past couple of years. Yeah, good for him. Um, also, and this is this is I've seen people make this point also before, but the Salesforce stock price is, is definitely predicated on this zero interest rate policy that the Fed has had for the past few years. And that was the concern when the economy was picking up was if they because they did, they notched up the like a quarter of a basis point, the the F overnight rate, right? And if they, and that became a trend, that could, that would actually pose a serious problem to Salesforce and their stock price. Huh. But I, especially with the what's happening now with the economy, I don't in fact, I think they just announced they had a meeting and announced that they were keeping rates where they were. So yeah, hey, but you know, it's just, it's, it's rare to see a preponderance of like negative Salesforce uh, news. It's like, where, it's where's not, this coming from? All the all, It's not anything you can't, first of all, read and figure out for yourself or things that we haven't
1: talked about before. So that just seems like a, I don't know, seems like he,
0: someone got pissed off for some reason and decided to write, write it up. Or they're tired of carrying water or they're, they're actually going to start calling. Well, who was it? Oh, there's multiple. I said the first one was uh Motley Fool. Second one was a Seeking Alpha article. Mm. Mm. I mean not these These aren't like you know fly by night sites mm-hmm. <clears throat> they didn't get their invite to Dreamforce next year or this year this year that could be this year
1: they yeah. got their press pass denied yeah not which it, it, can I can I say it wasn't wasn't all that cracked up as, as it was cracked up to be the food was the same food that you would get
0: I think the food <laughs> I, was worse in the press I think lounge. it might
1: have been worse yeah I mean but there was a fridge where we could get drinks and stuff they did have ice cream they did have. Ice ice cream. I don't think I got any. I didn't get got any. Got any of that. No, but I got this. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I was hoping for something more. But, I, don't, uh, I don't. think press lounges are nearly as luxurious as people think they are. I know you envision them differently. <laughs> and you, I, was, I was definitely
1: shocked by yeah. it.
2: It's
0: like I was expecting red carpet and a <laughs> butler.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: <laughs> Do you, do you remember, we talked about this a year ago, but Salesforce had a an analyst summit and like caught us by surprise. We're like, what? Where'd that come from? And yeah. what the weird thing about it was I, could, I found very little coverage of it. Yep. Do you remember that? I do. They just had their second annual analyst summit.
1: Maybe that's why. See, the analyst was expecting the
0: red carpet and the butler and he it. didn't get it. So he decided <laughs> yeah. to write this trash piece. It's the ones that didn't get invited. Yeah. <laughs> or he didn't get invited. Yeah, exactly. No, there were actually several write-ups. Um, some of them were so long, I'm just like, God, can I get the TLDR of this place? Like, ridiculously long. I did clip one thing, though. Let me see if I can find it. Because um, I'm not super organized here. Analyst Summit. Well, Salesforce
1: um, is still on a hold right now, so maybe maybe they're still trying to... Maybe that's calculated. Maybe they're trying to seed in some some concerns so that people will continue to hold it. Uh, Well,
0: could be. Let's see, audio device. Okay, oh, let's see if we can. Don't hear do this. on to what you got. It's okay. Can you hear that? Yeah. Okay. was
3: 2014. The first iteration of the Wave Analytics Cloud was, by most accounts, too expensive, too enterprise focused, and packaged too much like a traditional BI platform.
0: Wow, he's been listening to us. I know. <laughs> yeah. So he's <laughs> talking about Wave, um, the first iteration, because like I guess they rebooted it. We've talked about that.
3: The second generation, introduced last September at Dreamforce 2015, is greatly simplified.
0: So the new Wave is great. I th- did they? So Do you think they overshot with Wave? And they've well, now scaled it back? Let's be clear
1: about oversimplified. The marketing message was oversimplified. The technology and the tooling has not changed drastically. It's the marketing and the way they present it
0: well, has, has changed. Uh, let's listen to this again.
3: September at Dreamforce 2015 is greatly simplified.
0: Not over no it's not oversimplified. They've they've simplified it was too complex before, now they've simplified Wave is what no, he's saying. They I'm, did not. I'm just saying that's what he's saying. He went to the analyst summit. We didn't. We didn't get our invite. The reality
1: is <laughs> the marketing around it has been simplified. The tooling itself has always been very simplistic. It's just they oversold it on its capabilities.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah i be fair. For starters, Salesforce ditched separate Builder and Explorer licenses and settled on a less expensive all-purpose platform license priced at 150 per user It's kind of splits the difference. I,
1: again, that proves my point. Company, it, it was the marketing, the messaging around it, the licensing around it, not the actual technology that the, that he's referring to.
0: Well, he's not done.
3: But he also introduced SalesWave, the first of several planned pre-built apps priced at $75 per user per month. They
0: pre-built now, some... Some lenses
1: and,
3: and you have got the
0: pretty
1: dashboards and now you can see them in sales. And
3: honestly,
0: that's what everyone really wanted, anyways. And I looked at some of these things that are in this what are they, what's it called the sales what what do you call it sales wave or the whatever it's called the mm-hmm. sales app. And it actually looks like things that aren't even they're not even wave related. They're not they're not they're not analytical like big data type thing. They're not bi related. They're just they're cool new features. But I'm like that's not a wave thing. Why are they calling? Why are they selling that as a part of this? Saleswave. I, I think they're they're
1: they're kind of conceding to the market that most people who think they need analytics don't know what they need and they don't know what they want. And if they do, they're not going to buy Salesforce Wave. That's right. the thing. If they really know what they need and want, they're gonna they're gonna use something that has a little more features that has has. I'm not going to get into the features, but has a lot more capabilities than what Salesforce offers you. What people in the Salesforce community <coughs> and CRM world and sales world want is. You know, am I on track? How are my sales doing? All those kind of stuff that you can get with today's dashboards. They're just yeah. not as pretty as the Wave dashboards were. And so they basically just took those dashboards and said, here you go.
0: That's my point. And yeah. that's
1: what everyone wanted. Yep. They wanted to run their business from their watches too with pretty charts. Yeah, That's not analytics. That's just,
0: how am I doing today? Uh, yeah, Where are we at as a company? It just gets back to that timeless discussion of like, what is, what is it what does business intelligence mean? What does analytics mean? You can really mean. It's not a... It's not a well-defined term. Just like cloud or SaaS or anything else. I guess SaaS maybe, but it's, cloud it's
1: also is. It's also kind of the... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak loosely when I say this, but I'm going to say that it's also the, the mentality of the decision maker or CEO, whoever that person ends up being. Are they in firefighting mode? Meaning, are they just trying to see if they're about to tank and they need to react to something? Or are they truly in... Innovating, building a business, future forecasting—all those kind of things. That those two type of people um, will buy different products.
0: Yeah, and I think being a whether you're a public or private company dictates also how you can how much you can invest at once and something like that. I mean, because
1: dashboards can tell you,
0: I set these goals. Are we on track?
2: Yeah.
1: However, analytics can tell you what the market trend can be. What is the future forecast based on certain parameters and patterns and assumptions and variables and all those kind of things? You know, what should I expect the market to do? What kind of decisions do I need to make today to kind of help me be there for that market?
0: Yeah, And I, I think really one of the basic, most fundamental differentiators between Salesforce's traditional analytics and Wave is just simply the number of records you could reasonably put into one versus the other. Well, yeah. because Wave I mean, is really designed to put... The results depends, depends on, on how much data in. you have. Right. And also... Wave pre, you know, cubed and analyzed all that, all that data. Whereas Salesforce's traditional analytics and dashboards, although you know, dashboards they do cache, right? But, but it's time but every time. But every time forever. you refresh, I believe it's going right to the tra- to the raw yeah. transactional data.
3: Yeah, speed and simplify deployment with pre built data flows dashboards and reports and templates for customizable analyses and triggers for recommended actions such as resetting forecasts or prioritizing sales opportunities.
0: And that again, I'm, I'm like, what is that? How's that wave? How's that business? I mean, he's just it's,
3: talking about
1: hitting a certain threshold and reacting to that threshold. Again, that's that's firefighter mode. And,
0: and I think that's well, I mean, again, I think that's that's a cool feature. And I think that's a great CRM feature to have, right? It is for that person whose only job is to firefight to but make sure they're
1: still on track with this plan that was set in motion. Yeah.
0: But I don't understand how that's, how that's wave though. It's just, again, it's, it's now become a branding game. Surprise, surprise, right? Salesforce. And yeah, it's (laughs) a brand. It's just like, you know, anything, anything like that's going to be called wave from now on. And some
1: people might, might think that, well, why are you trying to split hairs with the terminology? And that's because thing, when you, when you, when you kind of muddy the waters and you blur what something really is, it, it loses some meaning. Yep. I mean, it, it. Yeah, words matter, right? They do. <laughs> but... When you talk about business intelligence and analytics, <laughs> that means a very specific thing. But when you blur it with this, oh, it's a dashboard, that's analytics. It's a report, that's analytics. Then you have just kind of diluted right. the term analytics, yeah. and it no longer means that very specific thing that those of us in the industry can say, yes, I can help you with your analytics well, because I am a data scientist, and I know exactly how to calculate this and and churn through millions of records. I'm a Six Sigma black belt, whatever. Yep. You well, know, when, it has
0: meaning. But Salesforce started introducing the term sales cloud or when they started introducing the term app cloud or anything, I was like, what, what is this? Is this something new? No, it's just a play on words. It's a, maybe a slight variation. And it's just intended to create more, con- you know, you can call it confusion, you can call it buzz, you can call it excitement, whatever. Maybe a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. But it's just, you know, when you have a dream force and nothing's ready yet, but you've got to keep people excited and give the press something to chew on, you, you got to give them something. But that's right?
1: that's that's marketing even, in general even if,
0: even if you're 2 years out that's the game that all of us in in any business listen has you can you can borrow against your future for a certain amount of time but at some <laughs> point right it will catch up
1: with you well anybody in business has to be able to cut through the marketing has to be able to, to dig deeper and ask the right questions to say you know is this really going to fit our needs in terms of a software application that you're trying to purchase or, or any service you're trying to trying to get into yeah. is whether or not you know, there's a certain level of marketing hype that's designed to grab your attention. Right. It's designed to get a number of eyeballs into it or a number of people to get interested in it. And then it's up to you as an individual to go in and say, ask the right questions and, and get more
0: information to find out if, if that product fits your need. I mean, let me ask you this. What, because we are talking about Apple and comparing how they get treated versus how Salesforce gets treated. I mean, what do you think would happen if, you know, Apple announced a new iPhone 7 and it's going to have all these new things? And a year later like you know the next WWDC they again kind of reannounce and say oh we've you know we're able to deliver it we had to scale it back and simplify it i mean they would what would happen to them in public in the public opinion and stock price it's already happened the get public destroyed. opinion stock price would drop yeah but
1: right and they would get destroyed by the media they which destroyed. they are now there are and, i know and they have there, and, there are millions and, right. of blog posts and and articles and rehashes of the same information a tidbit of information. All Apple <clears> said was our growth rate isn't going to be as high as before. It might actually drop a little bit right. and everyone has taken that and ran with it. Oh, yeah.
0: Doom. Doom and gloom. Yeah. Well, that's,
1: you know. and They're it's, gone. Your, and by the, your, your and Apple by the,
0: Mac is going to be dead in the water because that company is going to be dead and gone tomorrow. And by the way, Apple just announced that in the most recent three months, the most recent quarter,
1: At they, the will, same they, time will they will net made this they will
0: announcement. Net, yes. net earnings $18 billion. <laughs> which is just hard to even understand. Can I wrap uh, my brain around that? Okay. I'd like that. I I'd like, what does Cook get?
1: Is he, is he on the dollar salary with, with uh, stock uh, he, price stock? Yeah, benefits? he's got to have so
0: much stock that that's, that's where his wealth is, I would imagine.
1: Mm-hmm. That, uh, get, uh, not, oh, shoot. Jobs? Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to get killed by the nerds of the world. <laughs> <laughs> the nerds of the, the world. The Apple fans of the world that I that I uh,
0: lost in Jobs' name. <laughs> uh. Uh, I'm not good go with names. I gotta write that down. As a potential title: Killed by the Nerds of the World. Okay, um, where was I?
3: Detailing the Wave roadmap, Stephanie Buscemi, COO of the Analytics Cloud, said a previously announced Service Wave app will be available in April. Well,
0: so they they announced that back at before Dreamforce, right? Yeah. So April. So that's a, f- a few months it'll be available. We'll, well, we'll have to remember that and check up on. We'll have to follow up on that. I have full full confidence it'll be available it's just you do based on all it whose is
1: track is, record john all it is oh come on it's it's wave oh
3: it's you know, it's, uh, it's enabled access oh, to
0: wave wave exists you're, you're predicting that they will claim victory okay okay yes I, I,
3: I agree with that i'm sure they will The marketing wave app <clears throat> is in development on the platform front buscemi said salesforce is working on a data connector framework job scheduling capabilities and self-service data prep for salesforce data now in my view salesforce
1: They're already doing that with Connect. All they're doing is layering on some scheduling routines on it. What? I don't know. I mean, a new a new data connector, you know, framework. See, this is where marketing comes in and says, "Here's your talking points. Here's what we want you to talk about." Right. And and guys, like us, from a technology perspective, (laughs) it exists. They're just adding on new features or layering on some scheduling routine or something to something technology that actually exists, but they're packaging this brand
0: new thing they've developed because they've got to send the message that there's a lot more coming. Well, yeah, because the stock price. And because it's because it's fallen because the product itself has fallen flat so far, they've got to say, "Oh, that's that's because we have so much yet to deliver."
1: It's not that it hasn't fallen flat. It's just that they, they got to keep producing this talking points. They got to pre- keep producing this hope, hope and this change image no. <laughs> that they're advancing and everything because that's what the stock price is based on. It's not yeah. based on their tangible subscription basis. It's not based on their their well, the quality yeah, of their product. Right. It's based on these talking points of yes, we're innovating. We're not focused on profitability because we're focused on on innovating and building new technologies. Well, so I, if they're yeah. if, if they're not showing
0: <laughs> results to that effect, their stock price is going to tank. And Salesforce is a considered a growth stock, so you are you're ba- essentially buying what they what they'll be worth in the future.
1: Right, you're you're buying the fact that they've invested so much in research and development, and that's going to pay off. Min- someday. Minus
0: the time value of money, theoretically, that's how it right. that should work discounted cash flows, all that. I'm all, all that for,
1: stuff. I'm all for, I'm all for that. I'm all for, you know, investing in a company thinking that they're going to, they're going to hit it big. Their, their R&D is good and smart and they're, they're investing in the right
0: things. I mean, if, if I'm an analyst, I think lightning is the right thing for them. Well, obviously there's been, well, of course you have to get back to Salesforce's 90%, an own, 90% owned by a few institutions, but <clears throat> theoretically anyone buying Salesforce stock is saying, Hey, I do believe that Salesforce will, you know,
1: but part of completely. the reason they believe that is, is Benioff, his ability to I agree to talk the talk and walk the walk and be charming, the charming person that he is. We, we can't deny him that. He's charming. By the way,
0: somebody. I mean, I want to bear hug him, right? Somebody compared him to P.T. Barnum in an article. <laughs> and that irritates me because I, that was my thing, P.T. Benioff. <laughs> because people are stealing my material now.
3: Uh, is finally on target with Wave's packaging, pricing, and a tighter, clearer focus on analytics for Salesforce. Some of the original attractions of Wave, including its user interfaces and native mobile apps, still stand apart. And from what I hear from Salesforce and from customers, the pre-built Wave apps are attractive. So I expect the Salesforce Wave reboot to be a success.
1: I'm I'm nodding my head yes, because absolutely. I think the direction they're taking with wave analytics in pre-packaging, sales analytics marketing analytics service analytics is the absolute
0: right way to go with wave so you think it, okay so it's better as a packaged as packaged solutions versus this powerful bi platform open ended thing because
1: yeah. the reality is the people in in their market don't know how to use that stuff right that's not their that's not their customer base right right and they don't want to know how to use it. All they want is they want a tool that they can buy that does this stuff for them. Yeah. That's why they bought Salesforce because it'll just do it. They but, can if they want a field, it'll just do it. Yeah. If they want a report, it'll just do it. Yeah. They don't want to hire a developer to do it. They don't want to hire someone some expensive techie guy to do it. They want it to do it for they, them. They
0: thought they were they would be able to go after companies that were all were already sophisticated enough to to have already invested in other BI platforms, right? And I just, that's not going to... Well, I
1: think they were focused on the enterprise market. And <laughs> the enterprise market, they had this gap where they they saw an opportunity because they had all this data, and I think they went after it. But the reality is, that that's a small per- percentage. The,
0: the, the large-scale right. right. enterprise... Well, I think for those enterprises that are already using business objects or yeah, Cognos or whatever, yeah. I, I think... They actually are would be good candidates. They're they're not going to get rid of their cognos right, uh-uh. but I do see them adding wave. What well, at least the what these wave solutions? I do see them adding that to their mix. They're different things.
1: They are different things, but they're they're different they're different things for different people. Meaning that that wave analytics is better suited to. Management directors who are trying to firefight, make sure that the the plan that was set by the CEO. But even salespeople
0: they're they're talking about you know this is for even salespeople who you know tell, salespeople tell
1: me, have that today. The only thing the only thing they're getting is better is
0: prettier graphics. They no, have no, their no. dashboards if, today. If this, thing, if this thing can tell you kind of what you should do next as a no, salesperson, no, no, that's no. not what analytics is going to do.
1: Forecasting the ability to forecast, the ability to, to see trends and the do trend analysis. At, forecast that's at, not what Wave Analytics is doing today, right? Because they don't have the the, the formulas, is they don't have the capability, they don't have the scripting in, it built in to do that right. stuff. Okay, they're not going to get it. Yeah, but they are going to get where I'm at today. Right. What's closing this month or next <clears throat> month, and what do I need to worry about? Right. They'll get that stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: the The sea levels need to be worrying about future. They need to be worrying about where the market's heading. They need to, to they need that information to see where we need to focus, where we need to set the path. Everyone else, director level below, needs to worry about today.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And that's where I see Wave. I see Wave as that director level, the people that are worrying about today. And I think the other analytics packages are built for the people that are worrying about tomorrow.
0: It's an interesting segregation of the two things. I don't don't disagree. I mean, I think that's an interesting lens into business intelligence i mean if
1: i was to distill it and simplify it i mean that's yeah. what i would that's yeah. what i would say yeah. Yeah. obviously the the it's more complicated than that in reality but if i was to simplify it yeah, no it's that, inter- that's what it's i would an interesting say model
0: to look at it okay
3: salesforce announced its iot cloud powered by salesforce thunder at dreamforce 2015 but it was a very early peak at future internet of things capabilities Based on the presentations and discussions at the Analyst Summit, I doubt we'll see Thunder before Dreamforce twenty sixteen.
0: Ooh. Wow. Ooh. Of course that's but
1: that is the way Salesforce that does. was their centerpiece of the keynote. But that's way Dreamforce they had, they had Parker Harris dress up for it in a <laughs> suit man. with a little seam down the butt that I couldn't help not stare at. <laughs> if 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 you didn't listen to our after show notes of the Dreamforce episodes that we did, um you would have heard me referred to that, but
0: Oh, I have no sounds. <laughs> you trying to do a thunder? I was going to do something, but... I was, We're all heading to Creepy. Yeah, we all know that. You're creeping me out. <laughs> and then, uh... Don't I have a lightning? I have a lightning, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go.
3: Salesforce One lightning. Yeah, Parker Harris, Mr. Lightning
0: Man, right? Yeah. But remember, Wave... Or not Wave. Yeah, Wave got announced. Dreamforce 2014. So makes sense that IoT will not even be available in, 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 in well, next reinforce.
1: Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, Wave is a I, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I'll say Wave is a good technology. It's trying to find its place in the world. I think they've found its place in the world by 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 creating specific verticals for it, you know, sales and, you know, marketing, all those kind of things. I think that's that's mm-hmm. where it's going to fit in well. I wonder, Light, <coughs> IoT <laughs> That's that's a much more fuzzy market because I don't even have a ha- have a handle on on where that market's going to go and I don't know that anybody does. Everyone has speculated and hoped that the internet of things is going to take off and it's going to be the next big thing. But it has yet to be proven. Yeah. I mean, we ha- we all have these silos of individual things that are connected to our phones or connected to our home network. Create the illusion of providing value, but the reality is you've survived long enough bef- without it. Yeah. it mm-hmm.
0: I, I'm not sure it's going to justify And itself. since what what's it going to take to be competitive, they're going for it. And I, he has, let's continue on, because he talks about this a little bit.
3: In October, what's taking so long? Well, for starters, Thunder had its first customer pilot tests in late 2015, according to Adam Bosworth, the executive VP spearheading the IoT initiative.
0: So that tells you right there that they they announced... Thunder. Is that what it is, or is it IoT? Thunder. Ar- earlier than they really announced anything. I mean, IoT, I think it was less baked than Wave was when it was announced.
3: Yeah. Now, for now, Bosworth says he's asking early customers lots of questions about what they expect and how they intend to make money off of IoT.
0: I mean, they're they're in early product management f- phase right now.
1: Yeah. it, it, it Which is fine. I mean... But it was way too early to announce this, this big new... Th- well, same may- thing with maybe Wave. not. I mean if if you're if you're trying to design a new product and you want to get feedback
0: why not do it at Dreamforce? I I I know it's interesting and I was just thinking in in the in the age of agile software development and the whole notion of the yeah, minimum viable product exactly. you need to get your MVP out there right which has a different meaning in the Salesforce I mean minimum viable product <laughs> when I say MVP right. um how do you how do you do that in a, when you're at the scale of Salesforce of their size Yeah um I, I mean, you traditionally, you might knock them for announcing too early, but
1: but more pragmatically, you might you might say, hey, kudos for, for getting this out there
0: so you can get the right kind of feedback. I think operationally, it makes a ton of sense. I think m- the marketing community, people, marketing departments, whatever, still don't know how to deal with this. Yeah. And I think it pre- presents a problem for the investor relation people because they need to be able to announce this as if it is a some, somewhat baked thing. Mm-hmm. And it's true. The answer is, and it w- it'd be nice if everyone could be honest about this. It's not baked. We need to, we need to get an MVP out there. And here it is, six months after they are, and they announce this thing. And Adam Bosworth is still going around asking customers, "Well, what the hell do you think this thing should be?" Well, I mean, that's not a Salesforce problem though. That's a industry
1: problem because no one knows what IoT should be.
0: Well, there's there's, I mean, there are things out there built for IoT. To, they to,
1: are, but no one knows how it's going to take
0: shape. No one knows knows no, how people, consumers are going to respond to it. People are using IoT-type things operationally today. Uh, I mean, uh, they're bigger, more sophisticated companies, but it's happening. I mean, it has I been mean, for a while. Uh, let, let, let's <clears throat> be
1: realistic about IoT. It's the one percenters of the fucking world. Oh, wow. You're going to have to bleep that. Mark that. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. It, it really is. You're creating, I mean, you're creating work for me, John. W- we're worried about having our grill connected to our phones we're worried about being able to turn a light off with our phones there are people in other countries that are worried about getting freaking clean water
0: and 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 we're
1: worried about iot connecting our toothbrush to our phones this is a one percenter problem (laughs) this is a one percenter market i will say that iot is a one
0: percenter (laughs) i appreciate the enthusiasm but i do feel like that's a little bit of a straw man is it really I think I think your I I I mean if you expand the conversation talking to your phone that is that is a straw man because there are lots of IoT things happening in production right now. The, the no the reason I say it's one percent are because it takes money for those things. Your
1: your toothbrush that you buy that's not connected to your inter, internet is gonna cost you two bucks. The the toothbrush you buy that's connected to your phone and connected to all these services is gonna cost you
0: probably fifty to a hundred bucks. It's a one percenter problem. Yeah, but I feel like you're really focused on the Mark Benioff, um, you know, man baby no, model of IoT. I, I'm, f- I'm focused on
1: the market of IoT, <clears> the <throat> industry as a whole for IoT.
0: It,
1: it's great technology, but it, it's it's very much early stages. It's it's very much expensive, and it's it's for edge edge casers. I'll I'll say people who are able to afford to buy these things and. Before they're even cheap, before yeah. they're able to be mass marketed.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and what's the? I mean, when you think of IoT, which is just the the idea that you've got a bunch of stuff out there that have IP addresses that have sensors that are that are collecting data, right? It's right. basically the idea that something out there it's on some kind of network, not even necessarily an internet network, but some kind of network could be a private network, right? Could be in a building, and you've got millions of things with sensors that are connected in some kind of mesh network or whatever. <clears throat> right. What, well, in your opinion, what is the biggest Challenge that we face in general, in terms of the technology challenge with IoT, or from a technology or, standpoint, and I, I, let me ask you that question in another way, which is, what technology solutions have been created to address IoT challenges? I have a specific answer that I'm thinking of, and I'm not even sure I'm right, but I'm, I want to get your what your thought is on that. Well,
1: I, I think it's twofold. You know, the primary, the primary issue, I think, is security, but the secondary issue is the protocol and standards around it so that information is useful. And, you know, being able to get how information from a device into your phone for a single app is one thing, but being able to share that information across other things to create a more complete picture of, say, your life or your usage or any, any kind of trending that could potentially be valuable. I'll take fitness for an example. You know you have the Apple Health Kit and you have the Google stuff and all that kind of stuff, but I'm more familiar with the Apple Health Kit. It's very limited in the fact and how it tracks information and what information can get put into it. There are services that it have integrated with other applications to collect information like say tracking your meals or tracking you know your you know how far you ran and the calories you burned and then and then aggregating that. But then you have this Apple Health Kit that's kind of separate and it has its own limitations so nothing's really communicating in a way that gives you a complete picture so for for iot i think it's great to collect data on that one specific thing but it really doesn't have value until you put it in perspective of the entire world of information that that you're collecting
0: hmm yeah and that, that example you just gave doesn't actually strike me as like an really an iot thing that to me that's some other kind of problem like a just a a data standardization or, but it's the more,
1: it's the most accessible thing that we have today because so much is being invested in, in tracking health. We have devices that'll track your sleep. We have devices that'll track your heart rate when you're working out or, you know, whatever. Yeah. We have devices that'll track, you know, your steps during the day, how active you are. We have devices that'll track, you know, your overall health, like how often you're brushing and all that kind of stuff, just everything. But that information is just there. And there's all these individual algorithms that, that, that are competing against each other. I'll, I'll give you another example. The Apple move <laughs> circles yeah. is not a representation of how many a- calories you actually burn in that day. If I was to work out and go running right now for an hour, mm-hmm. it would give me half the credit of the calories because it's only focused on a certain move algorithm, not the total calories burned based on heart rate. And I, I know this because I've done it. That's fine. I, I, I don't disagree it, with any of that, but none of, this stuff, that, none of that's IoT to me. Anyway. Well, it, me, it is. This is a device that's connected to the network, connected to well, other my devices. A device connected has an IP. My computer
0: is a device connected to the network with an IP and sensors, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean we're talking about IoT scale problems. How is it not? These are Internet of Things. These are things that are connected to the Internet. The whole purpose of connecting these things and networking them is to share and collect information. That's not, people, that's not what people are talking about when, they, when Internet of Things, Right. We're talking about you have, I you know, 300,000 shipping containers all over the world. No. <clears throat> that, that's we're talking about you have a fleet of rental cars. What, that's or, the business or, aspect of it. That's not Internet of Things. Internet of Things isn't focused on... Well, okay, so we're not going to agree on this. Let, let me get past, because let's just skip that then. what? Where I was going with that was I think that the thing that the people have tr- most addressed with technology for Internet of Things is... Is simply the inject the the ingestion of that amount of data becomes a problem. Like what you're talking about in some a lot of cases, gigabytes per second, right? And so that's the problem. Like when you look at Amazon's AWS's IoT solutions, it's all around, and there's you know these uh, various Apache projects, different open source things. They're all around just being able to ingest gigabytes of data per second. It's kind of insane to think about that, but that's the scale that we're talking about with Internet it, of Things. It's- to me, it's it's the same thing. I know.
1: I don't want to. I don't. To me, it's I scale. I don't want to argue me, that. To me, it's it's a scale factor of the technology. If you look back at video graphics that were processing, you know, six. When we're talking about the days of sixty-four bit, six, you know, sixteen bit, sixty-four bit graphic games, and now these processors, and especially if you tack on dual processors, video cards, <clears> you're <throat> able to process, you know, gigabytes of information. To me, it's just a scaling issue of IoT, not necessarily the. The way it consumes, and analyzes information.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm <laughs> close to being done with this guy.
3: With so many firms still trying to make sense of their big data investments, he said Salesforce is intent on starting with practical revenue-driving use cases. Now. Me- so I think they've
0: learned a lesson from Wave here. <clears throat> I think that's what they're saying is this is not going to be like a general purpose Internet of Things. It's all they're going to provide probably out of the box solutions, not not some like low level platform like AWS would give you. Right, right. They're going to give you higher level things with, you know, what didn't they say that the Microsoft Azure was going to provide all kinds of, um, actually that was going to ingest and provide you some level of like, I don't know, some value added filtering and all that kind of stuff, right? And then probably at the Salesforce level, they'll have prepackaged solutions that are for, like, common Internet of Things use cases. Which I I think for for those two different types of businesses is the right thing. Microsoft is
1: is adding on these kind of platform-level features, like even, you know, Cortana (coughs) being a feature on Azure that you can consume.
0: Well, Azure is one of the big just, I mean, just their hardware alone, right? The amount of hardware they've got. So I mean, it's a different market,
1: and they're they're targeting a different thing. But I, and I think if Microsoft, if Salesforce was trying to was trying to play in the AWS, Azure type market,
0: it would not where work. their value is, right? It wouldn't yeah. work. There's no value there for them. There. That was, I mean, I I still look back that that announcement at Dreamforce when they announced that that Azure was going to provide like the first that first. It's almost like the triage level of when your internet things are throwing off all this data. Azure is going to be what collects it and adjusts it. Yes. I, th- I still think that was. I mean, I give, I give Mark a lot of credit on, on making that move. Now, whether that's actually, I don't know if that's actually going to take shape or not. Is that really the way it's going to be? I know they agreed early on that, hey, you know, we'll, we're going to agree to partner with you on this or whatever. I mean, whether that in practice is what they go with, I don't know. But just, just the fact that they're willing to say, you know what, that part of the stack is not where we add value. And we don't have to pretend like we are everything to everyone. That to was, me,
1: to me, the way that conversation played out was, you know, Salesforce and, or we'll say Benioff and, what's his last name? Satania? Nadella? Nadella. I can't never remember his name for some reason. I don't know why. It's a mental block. Anyways, I, I feel like they came together and said, hey, we have this IoT thing. You have this Azure thing. Let's, let's see how we can work together. Because obviously, both of them are wanting to be more collaborative. And, and on the Microsoft side, they're trying to be collaborative and open to everyone that's that's their new thing. Yeah. But I feel like that's how that conversation took shape. Like they they kind of had this open-ended conversation of what IoT can do, what Salesforce could provide, where they where their sweet spot is, and that's what they ended up
0: with. And that's what they yeah. announced. I, and on I just think on Benioff's part it that shows a level of confidence which he's always projected, but also maturity as a CEO. Yeah, because it wasn't like no, no, my platform has to be the best and it has to do everything. Screw you. It was this, this Well because that but that's kind of the sense you've gotten in the past, right? And then and this is a little different. This is a different it's definitely strikes a different tone. For sure.
2: Uh
1: I don't know. I don't I don't think I've ever seen Salesforces not being open and <laughs> You're just gonna argue
0: with me on everything. I don't
1: know, I'm not trying to argue with anything. I just I don't see that's fine. I don't see that Benioff never was open to things. I think, you know, where he needed to, he he wanted to project the where the dominant SaaS platform. We are the true cloud, and he was very strong on that, and that was the messaging he had to put forward. But I think when it comes to IoT, because it is still such an early, early product, it, it's an it's a new era. Yeah, that you can't just come out blazing and saying we are it, boom boom. You know, you you kind of have to go into it saying, hey, no one really knows what this is. No one really knows what it's going to be or what it's going to look like. There's five a, years from now. It's a word for that. What's that? Humility. Humility. <laughs> right. He had the humility to say, you know what? We're all still trying to figure this out. We're all trying to provide solutions for this. Let us know what you need. And we're going to try to be here for you. Yeah. I think that's the messaging that came through. Or should have come through if, if you didn't, yeah. if that's not what came through.
3: Meeting right. high customer expectations is one yeah. challenge. But Salesforce also has formidable internal obstacles to overcome. For example, overnight data latency is currently the standard where wave insights are concerned while cutting-edge deployments have reduced that latency to about one hour. The trouble is that many IoT scenarios will demand near-real-time analytics, and that's something Salesforce is still working on.
0: Honestly, so uh, I've I've, heard, I've read this before, and this guy is really just, I think he's just parroting crap he's yeah. already read. Um, I mean, when you talk about ingesting
1: data and you talk about trying to come up with a trend in analysis from an al- analytics perspective. Now, if you're talking about push notifications, or if you're talking about some kind of healthcare device where you have to analyze that data and, and respond to it quickly, because it could mean someone's life, that's one thing. But when you're talking about just IoT analytics in general, it doesn't have to be real-time. Oh, I think there's many use cases that are need to be real-time. Really? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about someone else controlling <laughs> your life. You're talking about someone else taking no, all no, this no, information no, no. and making a decision for you.
0: You're, no, you're you're talking about. Again, think of like think if you, if you if you um, again if you you know, what's a, like rent a, a rent a rental car company that's got thousands of cars out there, like you really do want real time on what the heck is happening with these cars, where they're going, to be able to like shift inventory and all and set prices more accurately based on what's happening, and all that kind of do stuff. Do you? Yes, you do. Do you? Yes,
1: you do. Do you have a manager sitting here clicking and refresh every second because he is on the ball and he's gonna freaking get it no, done that second. you don't want a manager. That's the thing. You, this is not, you don't want this to be manual. But, okay, so you take <laughs> it at a higher level, you take it C level. Are they really sitting there every second
0: refreshing because they want to make a decision? No, no. They don't want to, they want to optimize their their resources. And by that, I don't mean their people, of course. I mean their... Okay. <laughs> their <laughs> by that token, what I said earlier
1: still still <clears throat> rings true. And that is the effectiveness of the information that you have available is based on time it scales by time so if you can take a certain amount of information and scale that trend across time whether it's a day a week a month you have much more accurate representation of that information and you're able to make a much it, better decision yeah, but what if it could be but accurate, if you're trying to make real-time. a decision based on milliseconds of data no no what if you have you're gonna no, be changing your mind every freaking I'm not, second no
0: you're not making decisions I, imagine um I mean think of like algorithmic trading right you have a computer that's Making a thousand decisions a second about what to buy and sell, based on the absolute most current data possible. But that's not IoT. It's it's not. There's not a. I know. I know. I'm just making an analogy. Okay. There's okay. not a human making those decisions. The human is making is deciding what algorithms to use, but then they're letting the computer actually do the implementation.
1: Well, using that example, are we are <coughs> basically
0: saying that that IoT is going to be the end to all human decision no, we're gonna no, let no, computers no, no. decide everything? No, because... In, no, I'm not... Because ta- that, that, that would be AI and I'm not talking about it. We're not, th- we're not there yet. We're not at AI. This is still human intelligence that's programming, that's putting all the rules in place. But humans can't ingest, you know, gigabytes of data per second and apply the rules in I just, I just
1: think the, real, the, the reality of real-time analytics of saying that for IoT, I need to have a refresh of that data every hour is unrealistic because no one at a decision-making... Pro- at a decision-making level... Is gonna sit there and but hit refresh Io- every freaking hour. No,
0: but IoT is about a stream. It's not it's not that you take like a set of stale data. Yeah, but it's, think about think about the world in general. Stream. Take
1: think about mob mentality. Apply mob mentality to IoT. All of a sudden there's a spike in some information, and you're gonna make a decision on that. You're
0: gonna make a decision on mob mentality. No, you're gonna make a decision if it if it makes you more money or optimizes your resources. Yes. Absolutely. You're trying, you're, what you need, th- listen, the data's out there. The problem is it's stuck in all these devices. How do you get it to you? How do you yes, stream that data but that into you faster? thoughtful
1: analysis. Not only, I mean, the computer can well, help
0: to filter you're, you're out a and make now. trends. You're, you're saying that computers can't can't do things for us. Of course they can.
1: Unless you're IBM, computers cannot <laughs> do things for
0: us. Unless you're IBM
1: programming on the Watson team, yeah. Computers okay. cannot do stuff for us. So those of us in the everyday world that are working in shipping, in, in logistics, in retail, we still have to make those decisions. Yeah. And I, the reality is, those people are not going to be sitting here hitting refresh every hour. And again, I'm going back to this one this point. Is a straw man, John. No, I'm going back to this one point he made that <laughs> the reality is those of us in the real world, those of us consuming Salesforce information, are not going to be sitting here every hour trying to make a decision on IoT data. It's okay that it refreshes every night. It's okay that it refreshes once an hour. That's not a big deal. All right.
0: All right. Okay. Wow, that took a long time to get to that point. Uh, no, because you've been saying that same thing for <laughs> <laughs> But you kept arguing with me. I, I feel like you're failing to imagine
1: No, I'm talking IoT. About, I am thinking about the reality of IoT. I have a big problem with IoT, I guess I should say. Maybe you're more open to IoT than I am. Because the world ran successfully for centuries
0: without IoT. And also without there's cars. There's no reason for without, it. Without phones.
1: Without phones, without anything. Okay, we ran you know successfully.
0: What? So I I, I I, fully anticipate that tomorrow you're going to come pull into the parking lot with your horse and bugging. You're going to tie it up to that light pole out there, your horse. You're going to have to go out and water it a few, a couple times a day. Because <laughs> there's no need for cars.
3: <laughs> we got along for centuries without them. Touche. So Salesforce is now confident that the Wave Analytics Cloud is now on track. At the same time, it's acknowledging that IoT app support is a work in progress. So don't expect to see Salesforce thunder before Dreamforce 2016. Even then, the company will start with simple CRM-centric use cases. It's a sensible approach given the history with Wave, Agree. but in my view, IoT and big data analysis Will eventually have to become general platform capabilities if Salesforce is to be taken seriously on data science and IoT.
1: And I, I disagree. I think we will see a lot of IoT at 2016 because that's the way their marketing team works. They will oh, con- I hear a lot about it. They will continue it, We'll hear a lot about it. We IoT. will. We won't actually see well. What? We mean, might see tidbits of the product. We may we like might what, even what? get
0: access to an early Early version of the product. What percentage of customers do you think will be using their IoT in production by the end of this year, which is almost a year from now? I mean, just th- maybe one or two pilots. Oh, really? One or two pilots? Wow. Yeah.
1: I mean, people. They said, "Hey, if we want to. We want to figure this out. We'll give it to you for free. Help us work it out." Yeah. Those people. Yes.
0: I think from a from a GA <laughs> perspective, no zero. And I kind of I feel I'm agreeing with this guy's sentiment, which is I don't think Salesforce is going to be just like their pass is not you know, for, force.com, right? Or whatever that's called now. I don't, is it app cloud? No, because app cloud includes Heroku. So like Apex and Visual Force, whatever the heck that's called now. Um, that is not a general purpose pass. Like again, if you're not a Salesforce CRM customer, you're probably not going to be building your apps on that, right? I feel the same way about their, about wave and about their IOT. Yes. If you're already using Salesforce, yeah. And they've got these prepackaged, you know, kind of wave, Sales solutions and service solutions those probably make a lot of sense. And same yeah. thing with their IoT, right? I mean, if you're already using Salesforce for their for your CRM, it might make sense to get this stream of data from. Maybe if you maybe if your business is you you sell some kind of widget and you've, they've got sensors in them, right? And you you're always knowing when they're coming back in, so you know what your inventory is to be able to sell or what I don't know. Well, I'm just making stuff up. But some kind of CRM related use cases that's what he's talking about. And I think that's where Salesforce will really win, or they could win and if they focus on that. But if they but if they try to present themselves as this, you know, we are the the, the AWS of IoT, then yeah, it's not it's no not, it's not going to work. No, 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 I agree. They're just, that's just not the, yeah. that's not in their DNA. That's not the type of company they are. Yeah, no, they're not. And and when they figure that out and their marketing gets on board, people will be much less confused about what the hell Salesforce has been doing for the past year or two. It might just it might not just be marketing. It could be ideas of grandeur within.
1: <laughs> Maybe Parker or even Benioff himself that that says, well, "Hey, we want to be this this platform." And the thing that I worry about, and is- they're, they're so focused on this platform, right. but they don't realize that their their customer base and their is not focused on the platform. They're focused on the capabilities of the CRM. They're focused on you know creating this hub out of the CRM and branching out from there. And that's where their success is going to lie, not these abstract concepts of open ended platform. Because there's already other things that do that, and they, they, there's no way they can compete with that. Yeah, they need to focus on CRM as a hub and branching out from there and making sure every solution and feature they provide
0: but I think, has that I think selling, at the core. But I think selling that much broader message though is what's getting them new customers, what's keeping their stock price up, what's helping them in marketing. No,
1: no one goes to Dreamforce because they're they're interested in an IoT platform. No one goes to Dreamforce because they're interested in an analytics platform. They're there because they're interested in Salesforce as a CRM product or a customer mm. service product, which th- they've been successful at implementing.
0: I feel like you're stealing my shtick, man. <laughs> You're stealing my shtick, man. I'm just <coughs> stating the reality here. I, I think slowly Salesforce is moving towards a platform that companies might be, you know, like enterprise-wide interested in deploying for all sorts of things beyond CRM.
1: No, I, I think, I think. I mean, that, the
0: service cloud is is seriously a legit thing. No, now, no right?
1: company. Okay, let's be honest about how companies act, acquire products. They don't just go and say, "Hey." We want to find a platform that solves all of our problems. No one does that. They no, go, hey,
0: because Salesforce, that's the message they're n- selling.
1: That is the message they're selling, but that's not the and reality. It's seductive. The reality is, is, and I've worked in enterprise oh, long enough in solution architecture to long enough to know they have a they have a particular problem to solve, whether it's marketing automation, ERP, CRM, whichever, they okay. they tackle the problem that way. They don't just say, Hey, we want to no one steps in and says, "Hey, we're going to change everything." You we are, need one you platform are to underestimating
0: Mark Enough, and here's the quote I was thinking about. I'm earlier. not I'm,
1: I'm saying me. the reality of people who are, who are interested in Salesforce. They didn't go into Salesforce thinking, "Hey, we needed this open ended platform." They went into Salesforce saying, "Hey, we need a CRM. What's the best CRM out there? Salesforce is top of the list." They went and picked
0: it. But you don't think people are hearing like people that companies that don't use Salesforce. You don't think managers are hearing this this all this message that Salesforce is this. Is this platform that you can run your whole business on? You don't think they're hearing that message? And then they are, that, and that's not that's not a that's not an interesting, appealing message. I said that earlier. That's 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 their key. That's their bread and butter. That's what
1: makes them attractive is the fact that they come into Salesforce thinking they're going to get a CRM, but then then the conversation expands to this platform, and then from there they go, well, if I buy this product, this CRM, to solve our sales need, which I already have funding for, I have a budget for, yeah or I can get a budget for. Right. Any these other problems that I've been having that I've had to do in Excel, I've had to do in Access databases or I've had to go to to my, you know, developer IT to create a database for me?
0: Your developer resource?
1: My IT department? <laughs> Your IT resources? My IT re- <laughs> I feel like I'm stepping all over myself here. <laughs> Anyways, then the wheels starts turning and they go, "You know what? If I buy this product, strategically I can implement all these other things I've been wanting to do inside platform with point and click tools without the need to engage these other guys that require justification, business requirements. BRS, SRS, TDDs, whatever you want to call those oh, documents. Oh wow! I remember
0: those software?
1: No, software, <laughs> software requirements specifications, project project budgets, project managers, vision. BAs, How about vision documents? Architecture approval, <laughs> all those oh, other things. God. I can buy this product and I can point my cl- point and click my way into solving all you know a good portion of my problems that I have of data that I want to track.
0: All that right. is Salesforce's bread and butter. Don't underestimate. Here's the quote: This is the one I was looking for earlier. The guy that stole my PTB off offer. He, although he didn't say PTB. P.T. Benioff. He says P.T. Barnum. But, here's the quote. As we've said repeatedly, Benioff is a master marketer, the Pied Piper and P.T. Barnum of, Sil- of Enterprise Silicon Valley. You only have to look at the way he spins seemingly magical stories to understand how he has bamboozled, apparently <laughs> unassailable foes. Right? Why is it bamboozled? And that's... Why is it bamboozled? Yeah. I don't know. He- He's bamboozled his foes.
1: I, I guess if, if you go with the marketing pitch of, you know, where they showed the, the animatic of people in the clouds and they were building anything they wanted and they were so happy,
0: maybe. Okay, bamboozle. To fool or cheat? Do you not don't, you don't think he has fooled Larry Ellison? No. You don't? No.
3: You can't do this with Salesforce. You That's
1: don't a, think so? This is right there. He hasn't fooled Ellison. Elson doesn't think Benioff created this the end all
0: platform. But I think Ellison at all have they totally underestimated Mark Benioff. They underestimated cloud technology. They
1: underestimated the market and where it was going because it wasn't just Salesforce going that to the cloud. Is cloud just a means to an end, though. That's I don't know. They, they underestimated. They underestimated the market. They underestimated the hold they had on on premise solutions. Absolutely, they did.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to talk about misses... Well, Oracle definitely that was underestimated the cloud, right? I mean, that's no doubt about that. Yeah, But boy, I mean, I had... We're not... I mean, we are... What are we... Where are we at right now? We're at an hour 30, hour uh, and a half. Uh, I had a whole section on... <laughs> no, seriously, on Oracle. Um, I had a bunch a of bunch, random I have things. a bunch of stuff on Oracle. How they're having a lot of success with their... So we talked about... Gosh, was that six months ago, maybe? They... At their... It wasn't at Oracle World. I think it was at um, another event... Where they um, laid out all of their like the latest of their class up, and it looked pretty good. I'm like, man, if in, if half of this is real, then they're fairly serious, and that's a fairly attractive offering. Like the fact that, I mean, their development platform was just you know just looked great, and if it truly because they had <clears throat> Docker containers, yeah, <laughs> lightweight Docker, the lightweight container. <laughs> um, but they, I mean, like I was reading like the analysts, what because I guess they recently. Um, disclose their earnings or something at which they include, they broke out their cloud numbers and their cloud numbers are real. They're growing really fast. And it looks like the, and the analysts are saying that it looks like this is real. Like they're going to make this happen. But I had a whole thing on that, but you know, we're going to have to probably skip it or.
1: Yeah. But I will say but they've that, got
0: a lot of real customers who. I will say that that
1: that's the job of a good CEO is to be able to sell their technology to, yeah, to an analyst. I've always said CEOs just. The, I mean, we we I mean, might be We may be able to look at a te- piece of technology and go, "That's really cool. That is really awesome. That solves so many problems." But if you can't convey that to an analyst,
0: what's the point? Or to a customer? Or to a customer? Exactly. When and customers are essentially analysts. They're making they're analyzing whether they should buy your thing and give you yeah, money or exactly. Not. So uh, yeah, they're, they're serious, man. They, um, they may, they may turn this, you know, again, Oracle, they're, they're not going anywhere, right? They still throw off billions of dollars every month. I mean, kind of along with Apple and they, Oracle has what? hundred thousand employees or something. I mean, they're literally, you know, five, 10 times Salesforce. Um, they're, they're huge, but I think people in the Salesforce world don't realize the scale of Oracle. Yeah. And how profitable, what a money making machine it is. Right. Um, the question is, is, you know, they, they, Again, they, they denied cloud, right? Right. And now they've, they've said, okay, well, we don't no longer deny cloud and we think cloud's the future. And, and on top of that, we are going to, we're going to embrace cloud and cloud's going to be our future. And that's when everyone's like, really? Come on. You're, <laughs> you're so far behind, right? <laughs> yeah. How could you possibly catch up? But it looks like, I mean, they've got a lot of real customer testimonials, big ones, real ones. And, uh. Uh, there's 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 stories of them paying their their salespeople seven times their salary for successful cloud license conversions and sales. Wow, that's commitment. But here's uh, here's I'll just I'll leave with I'll end the Oracle thing with these these notes. What's wrong? I need a pause. Oh, you need a pause. <laughs> pause for the cause. <laughs> <Yes. God. laughs> I've been holding it. Let's see if I have the Jeopardy music. Um, I don't have any good music. I'm just gonna play a bunch of uh, sound clips. Amazing. amazing! 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 Incredible! Isn't that amazing? Incredible! 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 Unbelievable! Phenomenal! Phenomenal! Incredible! Amazing! Amazing! Phenomenal! Phenomenal! Awesome! Phenomenal! 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 Incredible! Awesome! Awesome! Phenomenal! Phenomenally! Awesome! Phenomenal! Incredible! Amazing! Unbelievable! Phenomenal! Incredible! Awesome! Awesome! Phenomenal! Phenomenal! Awesome! Awesome! Phenomenal! It's been an amazing keynote. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you keep talking? Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're back.
1: That's what happens when you record for. <clears throat> 2 hours.
0: All right. Um Oracle. Oracle. All right. So I wrote down some points on why people are saying that their cloud strategy actually appears to, appears to be credible. They have more SaaS and PaaS products to sell than most of the competitors. They really do. It's it's really broad. It's a fairly amazing. Amazing. Uh, they continue to roll out products into new geographies. I think more so than Salesforce, even Um, they are more effectively able to target the mid market where they could not previously. I think cloud is opening up markets to them and they have a more experienced Salesforce. I mean, they have, I mean, Oracle's just got like epic salespeople and they have a more referenceable customer base than a lot of their competitors. Yeah. Oh, and I'm not sure I would say more than Salesforce. Salesforce got a lot of referenceable customers, but Oracle's got a lot that a lot of big time legacy customers, like on-premise things that they have moved to the cloud. Yeah. They got you know, these, you know, the number of like these seemingly fairly legit customer testimonials. And they're not only have they moved from on-premise to in the cloud, but they're doing that hybrid thing really successfully. Do you remember that when Oracle talked about that? Yeah. Like that's that apparently
1: really working. You know, I think it's interesting that cloud is kind of increasing their customer base or making them more accessible because it kind of makes sense. I mean, if you're a company that sells X widget, are you in the business of selling X widget or building an IT department? You know, the, the fact that these, oh. these systems are, you know, kind of turnkey solutions, you just get your user account, you log in, you configure it. That That's a big bonus. I'm surprised they didn't see that earlier. Yep. Um,
0: yeah, it's uh, pretty exciting. I w- I'm going to see if I can sell some Oracle deals and make 7x the typical <laughs> salary. But no, you know what's interesting is on their cloud stuff, all our cloud stuff, it's all, all connected and w- operates completely via REST APIs. Don't forget Docker containers. I know. And Docker lightweight containers. Yes. <laughs> as soon as he said that, I was sold. <coughs> yep.
1: Docker? Okay. Cool. Let's do this. Uh, Any other
0: topics, John? Yeah, what'd you bring to drink? Oh, I was going to leave without talking about that. (laughs) We have special (laughs) drinks today. We do. I think you were surprised that I actually uh, followed through, huh? I did. I I saw you left the bottle here, so I was like, did he forget it? No. Or did he purposely leave it here? All right, so you had recently bought a bottle of whiskey from this company called Balcones, and they are, were they in Austin or is there somewhere in Texas? And you bought the, their bottling that's called the Waco, Brimstone, Waco, Texas. Waco, Waco. Oh, wow, some mild stomping grounds. Yeah. Um, now you bought the Brimstone, which is. is very smoky, right? It's bottled. Oh. In, or It's um, barrel aged in yeah, Texas. They call it like scrub oak. It's actually it's it, they are oak, but they're, there's a whole there's a set of species that are kind of classified under scrub oak, but yeah, um, really smoked, highly highly charred. Um. Well, you know what? Actually, here's what I think they do. It's not just the barrel. It's not the, it's not the charred barrel. No, it can't be. I, no. What is this? What is the burning that scrub oak to, what's it called? Um, to kiln their malt that, they, that goes into their mash. Huh. Right. Because, you know, malting, like the first thing that you do is you, you soak it for like a day or two or three or whatever to right. get it to germinate. And then you have to kiln it. You have to dry it and kiln it. Well, what's your heat source? Right. Well, it's it's gas. Right. They everyone moderate. Right. They're like, but they're adding, they're smoking that uh, that scrub oak, and smoking it. Yeah, out. and it's really smoky. So what you said is, oh, I can't even drink this. I'm just going to give it to you.
1: And and I'll, I will clarify that by saying the typical way I drink whiskey is you know with a little bit of ice, pour some whiskey in, let it melt a bit so it
0: gets a little bit watered down, and then right. I'll drink it. Yeah, pretty That's much how I drink whiskey, and it's really smoky if you do that. Yeah, but
1: I mean the smoke was just with me. For hours afterwards, yeah. it was just like I ate. I was
0: smoking a brisket myself. <laughs> yeah. I was that—that that was how it felt. Right. But I said, "Well, I wonder how it would be in cocktails, right? Because, I mean, one of the cool things at these really high-end cocktail bars now is they will make you a cocktail, but they will, they will light wood on fire and like funnel it down into your drink, and they have these fancy glass contraptions that the smoke it, the smoke bubbles up into the drink and everything to yeah. create a smoke cocktail. And I thought, well smoke and cocktail has got to be a good thing, right? I mean, yeah. we like, we like beer that's been barrel-aged and charred, you know, bourbon barrels. We like wine that's that's uh, aged in charred barrels. You know, why would we, why would you, I mean, a smoky cocktail, that's got to be good, right? And so right. I said, let's try an old-fashioned with this smoky whiskey. And I think it worked. I did too. So I brought, so we have up here, uh, I brought all the ingredients, proper ingredients, and now we have like three different kinds of bitters. You, you got the last of the Boker's bitters. Which was, aromatically just awesome i just want to sit here and sip i i
1: will i mean it's it's sit here and just and smell the bottle it's pretty medicinal yeah. um i don't
0: uh <clears throat> i wouldn't say medicinal you don't think so
1: no what Her- about that chinese one? herby Hold the on. chinese
0: bitters what are those called by the way dr Lee's something dr lee dr lee mr lee mr lee that reminds me of um what's the what was the um ancient chinese secret Mr. Lee's Ancient Chinese Secret. What was... Um, God, that's...
1: Is that racist?
0: To no. say Ancient Chinese Secret? Oh, I'm sure. Everything's racist. What was <laughs> the... Uh, the Indiana Jones. What what was his... um Dr. Joan. Dr. Joan. That's a... That's a short um, round. Yeah. Doctor, I I don't, did Dr. Did he have Lee. an actual name? Because I just know him. The short <laughs> I <round>. don't know. <laughs> Come on, short round. Anyway. Um,
1: it does smell kind of medicinal too, but that's... It's a liquor. Smell that. This this Ancient Chinese
0: Secret was uh, bottled and produced in St. Paul, Minnesota, yeah, by the way. Yeah. But it must have anise or something because it smells very licoricey to me. But it's also it's like bitter orange and anise. Yeah. It doesn't
1: smell licorice. It smells. You don't black licorice on that. A, a little or, bit. Or but there's something else. It's um. Here you. I mean, it's a little medicinal, but there's something else that I can't place.
0: So anyway, I, I wish I knew the story. Oh, here's. So the bokers, which is what you got. Let me here's the backstory founded by John G Boker in eighteen twenty eight Boker's bitters gained popularity in New York and around the world as the finest bitters of the golden age of mixed drinks Boker's
1: um, bitters in my opinion is 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 it it was also awesome. in that
0: what's that whatever the the how to mix drinks or the Bon vivants companion which is like one of the it's it's like a hundred years old or almost but it's um one of the like if you're a serious bartender like every serious bartender has read that book and has that book anyway um they Let's see, it, during Prohibition, they closed. Boker closed the company. Um, but people found his recipes and starting like a couple of years ago. So these are, um, what is this company called? That's just bokersbitters.com, but it's Dr. Adam Elmagarab's late uh, bitter, Boker's Bitters. So it's his reproduction of Boker's Bitters based on the recipes they found. Anyway, so you've got those bitters in your old fashion and I've got Jack Rudy's cocktail bitters. All right, Jack Rudy's is cool. They make a really good. I found out about them because they make a good tonic concentrate. See, so you buy this concentrate; so it's like a syrup. Throw it over here, and you mix it with your own, so, like if you have a, a soda stream or whatever, or just whatever you buy club soda or whatever. You mix it mm-hmm. with that, and that's how you get tonic water. And this really, it's like a you know craft. Everything's craft nowadays, right? Everything's got to oh, be yeah, yeah. you know artisanal, small <laughs> small batch. <laughs> <laughs> um, small batch yeah that's the thing now it's it's the number of barrel system you have yeah right <laughs> yeah, right. but now they um, the tonic, it'll be a three barrel system is big thing, but we also have their they have a small batch um, grenadine which is made from nothing but um, pomegranate juice some kind of like cane syrup and then um, f- orange flower water which one? Jack Rudy's um Jack Rudy's Grenadine. okay. But, that, and those bitters. And they're those are, actually, it's funny, they're called bitters. I mean, they're they're a little tincture of this cinnamony, but that's a real sweet cookie spice aroma bitters, which is completely opposite from like the Bokers, which is the real medicinal. So it's really cool how you just change the bitters and you're up with a completely different old-fashioned. Yeah. But these we did with, um, we made these with brown sugar, and bitters, Um and just uh, orange zest. And whiskey. And the Smoky Balcones. Smoky whiskey. whiskey. and Which worked really well. I thought it did too. I mean, if you don't like smoke at all, you won't like this, but it works. Well,
1: me being the one that took it straight or whatever on ice, it was tough to take. But as a component to a mixed drink, it was actually really
0: good. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's a curveball for sure, yeah. but... It's enjoyable. So, if you, I, so in you, my and if you opinion, like barbecue or smoky things, then you, that would be a. It's a great cocktail. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> if you're the type of person that wants to suck the charred ash <laughs> out of your brisket, oh, I was wondering where that was going. <laughs> <laughs> you might like the brimstone straight and neat, but otherwise, I think it's better mixed in with with other drinks because yeah. it does give it that kind of subtle. Well, not. Not subtle, but strong, smoky flavor, but it, it, it's a component to a larger drink, I think. Yeah. And I was ready to ride off this bottle and pour it down the
0: drain until Jeremy convinced me otherwise. Well, no, actually you, you already gave it to me.
1: I, I did, but actually I thought it might make really good barbecue sauce. Probably would, actually.
0: Yeah. But I'm going to, no, I'm going to take that home, but I'm going to bring you the the other one, that the honey one or whatever. Okay. We'll do a trade. It doesn't have quite as much as that one has in it, but close enough. You can siphon some of that off if you want. (laughs) To make it even. And to that I say, good day, sir. You get nothing! You lose! Good day, sir! I will say good day to you, sir. Go get your badges. Oh my gosh. (laughs)